Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mikko Karshavsky, and welcome to another episode of That Remote Life Podcast, where we hear from remote work experts, digital nomads, and location-independent entrepreneurs, so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today on the podcast, I'm very excited to be joined by Sid Pandia, the co-founder and CEO of Kona, a burnout prevention platform for remote teams which lives in your company's Slack. During this episode, Sid and I discuss what burnout actually is and some of its main causes, how Kona helps remote teams avoid burnout, and what you can do to help yourself if you think you're suffering from burnout at the moment. But before we jump into the interview, make sure you subscribe to my newsletter, Remote Insider, where every Monday I share the most important developments in the areas of remote work, online business tech, and the digital nomad lifestyle. It has been called mandatory reading by other subscribers, and if you enjoy this podcast, I guarantee you will also love being a Remote Insider subscriber. You can subscribe to that at thatremotelife.com forward slash remote insider, all one word. That's remote insider, all one word. Finally, if you haven't left a review of the show already, please consider leaving one wherever you listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate that. You can also leave a review by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash TRL. It's super quick. It literally takes just a minute or two, and I would really, really appreciate it. But all right, you guys, without further ado, let's dive into this awesome conversation with Sid Pendia. All right, Sid, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, thank you. Uh, it's super excited to, to be here. I'm doing great. That's awesome. So uh, you're the founder of Hey Kona. Uh, do you do you introduce it as Hey Kona or Kona? We usually go by just Kona. Hey Kona is just the website. Kona. Got it. Got it. Cool. So um, what I'm very interested in speaking with you and, and what you guys do at Kona is that you're helping remote companies avoid burnout. Um through your platform. And, and I'd love for you to, before we kind of dive into things, um, can you give like a quick, you know, two, three sentence sort of like elevator pitch of what Kona is just to like lay the background uh, for folks listening? Absolutely. At Kona, we help remote teams fight burnout. It's really simple. It's a dog that checks in on you in Slack every day, asks you, hey, how are you feeling today? Red, yellow, green. You put down a color, emoji, and a comment. So you might say, I'm yellow today because I'm frustrated or I'm tired or I'm overwhelmed by the work that I'm doing, or I'm green today because it's my birthday or something like that. It could be work-related, life-related, safe space to talk about your feelings at work with your coworkers. And it'll take all of that data and actually flag to you and your manager when it's something when it's something that you need help with. So if it notices that this person's struggling more than they usually do, Kona will flag that and provide resources to you and your manager of how they can actually help you and how you can help yourself. So if, if your company provides mental health resources or burnout resources or paid time off, it'll recommend those things to you at the right time. So it's a really easy, lightweight way to actually talk about your feelings with your team and, and support each other and prevent burnout. We've been having a little bit of like a burnout um week or month here on the podcast it's just kind of happened that we've had multiple guests on to talk about burnout but i'm kind of curious because i want to hear your opinion on this because i feel like burnout is this thing that we all know we've all heard the word burnout yet it's kind of like a what is it do you know what i mean so can you give us a definition of how do you describe what burnout is great question and, and people really throw around the word burnout. Some folks use it as as the most 
severe form or they infer burnout to be like you're so overwhelmed that you cannot work or or like the clinical definition of burnout uh but but really burnout is is it's pretty simple it's when when you feel like you can no longer continue or or you feel too stressed or overwhelmed to continue doing your job to the best of your ability and usually it's because of a bunch of different factors it, it can be caused by a bunch of different things but the end the end outcome is you feel overwhelmed or stressed and and find it difficult to continue working and and, and being productive or, or holistically successful and it has a bunch of it manifests in different ways it has a bunch of different causes and effects and and that's why i think it's hard to put down a a a, a a clear definition of it but it's it this this colloquial way to describe it the way we talk about it at kona is you're too overwhelmed or stressed to 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 be productive and, and holistically successful in your job mm, what are some of those causes like what do you think are some of them in your opinion uh what are the some of the main causes of burnout because i think one of the things that i'm seeing is it's essentially people are using burnout as a synonym for exhaustion. And at least from my research, it's really not that. It's like there's several different factors and causes of it. Exactly. People are using burnout as a, a synonym for exhaustion, stress, boredom, being mistreated at work. And all of those things are causes of burnout as well. So I've, there's a bunch of different reasons why you could feel burnt out. It could be that you're you're not feeling like you have the level of responsibility so it actually could be that you're not overwhelmed and you're not it is that you're not given enough work and, and and you're not able to take the level of ownership and responsibility that you wanted to have and as a result you feel frustrated and and not excited about the work that you are being given or that you are being able to do that could be one of the causes another cause is of course being given too much work and and not having enough time to rest, enough time to relax, actually slow down, take a break, rest is a productive activity. And if that's not acknowledged by your employer, your manager, your team, that can cause overwhelm. Um, so many other factors. Burnout can be non-work related in the sense that external factors in your life related to your family or your health, your physical health cause you to feel like you're not able to be productive and and that when when it goes on for a prolonged period of time and is not recognized or or dealt with with by your team or your manager can cause burnout there's really a a, a ton of different things and I, I could go on for for hours on, on on what are the different things that that cause burnout but i would say the number one factor of what causes burnout to actually result in some of the harmful symptoms such as people quitting or people being way too overwhelmed or people struggling with with serious mental health issues the main cause of that is when you don't receive support from the people that you need to receive support from which is your manager your teammates your coworkers your employers your family and and the people that are supposed to be your support system so burnout as a concept is something that i've known about for for many years but i feel like it really, the rise of burnout really coincided with the rise of remote work. And I think the, the case can be made that COVID certainly had something to do with that, like the pressure and the anxiety that COVID itself as a pandemic 
brought on. But I do feel like, at least from my point of view, burnout seems to have become more prevalent within remote organizations. And I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Like, do you think there's something about working remotely that makes it easier for people to burn out? Do you think that it's just a coincidence that's mixed in with COVID? Uh, or do you just think that remote companies are more sensitive to their their employers em- employees burning out? Uh, I'm curious about your kind of point of view on that. Great question. Burnout as a concept has been around for a long time. I think it was 2019 when the National Institute of Health in the U.S. acknowledged burnout or defined burnout as a national crisis and and things like that. So it's been happening since before COVID. It's been been nationally recognized by governing bodies since before COVID. I would say COVID, the fact that people suffered so much isolation and, and having to be alone in quarantine contributed to a lot of mental health issues. And as a result, mental health became more of a topic that's talked about, at least in in the general discourse and became more of a mainstream thing to be recognized as opposed to, I would say pre-COVID when it was still much more stigmatized to talk about your mental health, say that you're struggling, admit that you're struggling. And a lot of folks that before COVID considered this to be kind of a a voodoo topic or, or something that wasn't real, experienced it for the first time in in quarantine and in isolation and and realized, wow, this this actually is a serious thing. And in, in, in hindsight now feels obvious to those of us that, that have always talked about, this, especially Gen Z and millennials who have, who have always had mental health as, as a mainstream topic of conversation. But because of the rise of mental health in the general discourse, especially in the workplace, burnout is the most important or most common, uh, I should say, manifestation of mental health issues as they kind of show up at work. And as a result, burnout has become more of a common topic discussed at work. So remote work has definitely been part of that in the sense that COVID meant that remote work became the default way for for most folks. Yeah, Yeah, it became mainstream, the default way for for folks in in the knowledge economy to work. And as a result, at the same time, people were struggling with mental health issues in quarantine, and that manifested itself in terms of isolation and burnout, and therefore it became a normal topic to talk about. Mm. Why solve this issue? Why address burnout in Slack? I feel like Slack is and spending a lot of time in Slack is something that people say like I'm I'm done with this. You know, I feel like it's like a source of burnout. So why solve that problem inside of Slack? Absolutely. It's a great question. Something we, we think about all the time. Long term, we don't want to be just built into Slack. The whole reason why Kona has started in Slack as as our first kind of day-to-day point of engagement with folks is you need to live where people are living. And you need to be part of the tools and be in the workflow that they already exist in. And sort of counterintuitively, of course, we recognize the fact that Slack is causing a lot of burnout for folks. But that's often because Slack isn't a place or historically hasn't been a place where you can actually have these authentic conversations about your feelings with your coworkers. It's always been a place for for you to get constant pings and constant work-related things. But Slack is supposed to be 
your place to stay connected with your team. And that hasn't, that hasn't been the case for, for a long, long time. Um, and, and the reason why we, we built Kona into Slack is primarily because people already live in Slack. They're using it every single day. They don't want to use another tool or, or go to yet another platform because that contributes to, to further distraction and, and, and it, people just aren't going to engage with, with a tool that's making you leave Slack or leave your, your existing workflow, which is why we've seen other tools that try to pull people out of Slack for the day-to-day engagement struggle with, with getting people to actually use them because you have to, you have to meet people where they're at. Simple as that. Yeah. The one thing that I will say on this topic is that I find that companies that, and this is a bit of a tangent, but I find that companies that do all their work in Slack, they're usually not very like remote mature, like companies that are very good at remote work. Slack is there for social conversation. If you're, if all your discussions in terms of project and everything that are happening inside of Slack and you feel like you're working in Slack and the company is being run on Slack, that to me is usually like a red flag of, okay, we need to, there's like an issue that we need to address. Uh, and so I do, I do understand in terms of like, you're burning out in Slack because you're probably misusing Slack. Absolutely. And and that's why we don't plan to always be in Slack. It's just a matter of the companies that have the problem of burnout are the ones that are often also misusing Slack and living in Slack and the companies that need the social connection more are often living in Slack. Um, companies that are are really good at remote work are, are honestly few and far between uh, as much as, as remote sure. work is mainstream now, very, very few companies have actually figured out how to do it. And those that have, have been remote since before the pandemic. So yeah. companies like GitLab, Help Scout, Doist, these are, are kind of the standard bearers for remote work. And, and they, they form sadly a very, very small percentage of companies today. And, and most companies yeah. that need our help use Slack. So Kona at the moment, the way that I understand it is when you let me kind of run you through uh, a scenario, somebody logs in, they're like ready to get the work they started. They're asked a question in terms of like, how are they feeling? They're able to kind of like share how they're doing. And then the benefit of that is that it provides managers and the leadership a bit of like a pulse on how the team is feeling, right? Are, are they, are, is the team starting to burn out? Like how are individual members doing? What do you do in terms of, okay, the team is burning out. What do we do about it? Is that something that's built into Kona in terms of like, okay, the team is burning out. Here's what we should do next. Yes, absolutely. And, and we're constantly working on this and, and we partner with top executive coaches and, and having done a lot of this research ourselves and, and, worked with some of the top remote managers to see how they deal with some of these issues. We've been able to productize some of those learnings, but basically Kona will tell you, Hey, I'm noticing a trend or this person has, has mentioned that they're struggling. Here are some, here's some content of, of best practices of how to deal with somebody saying that they're frustrated or somebody saying that they're overwhelmed or tired or struggling. Um, and, and a lot of that content is built into Kona as well as that's why we, we write, so much and our blog is so full of of content 
on how to be a good remote manager and how to deal with these different situations because it's so contextual. It's really hard to, there's no objective best practice on how to deal with somebody that says that they're red. It, it really depends on why they shared that they were red. I think long-term what we're building into the product is a lot smarter of insights where based off of the topic or the things that the person says, Kona can smartly recommend, hey, here's some content that you might want to read from this specific executive coach or this specific remote leader. So, hey, you're, somebody mentioned stress in their check-in and they mentioned something work-related. Here's how. Here's what Darren Murph at GitLab has to say about how to deal with work-related stress or here's what this top executive coach has to say on how to deal with this. Yeah, one of the things that I've learned about burnout in my, in my research is that if you hit that burnout wall, it's really hard to get yourself back to where you should be because it's kind of like a negative momentum. It's like a negative flywheel. And so it's really important to catch yourself or catch your employees before they get to there. So I'm curious as a company that's working on this topic, that is, you know, this is like what you live and breathe as a company. What do you guys do inside of Kona in order to make sure that your team themselves aren't burning out? Like what are some of the daily, weekly, you know, kind of like regular things that you guys do as a team in order to maintain yourselves in that way? Great question. And, and, I can't honestly have lost count of the number of times Kona has flagged to me and my co-founders that, hey, this person is at risk, even amongst yeah. ourselves. Myself, it's Yana, like a, three co-founders. What is it? The, the the cobbler's kids have no shoes kind of thing, you know? Like <laughs> Exactly. And and I think it, it just goes like Yen recently published an article that that kind of blew up a little bit on LinkedIn about how they burned out this summer and, and they actually were like close to considering quitting and moving to a farm somewhere in the middle of America and, and just working on a farm. And it's, it's very common. Uh, and, and I think just the fact that we ourselves as an early startup, but, but as, as a company that's building tools in this space, we ourselves struggle with this goes to show how hard it is to solve this problem. It's not a matter of like, especially with fast growing companies, it's not a matter of like, you can just shut down, take a sabbatical for six months. Although that in some cases that is the best and only option. Very often it's a matter of, okay, how can I support this person early before it gets too late? And so some of the things we've done, of course, the most important thing in my opinion is rest. Rest is a very productive activity. You, I've found myself like struggling to, to take time off, especially as the founder and CEO. Uh, and and always feeling the need to to be there for my team, be online, and that's where having a culture of rest as a productive activity and and really living that and breathing that and having everybody keep each other accountable on this is super helpful. This actually happened to me in the last few weeks where I noticed myself getting like I was starting to check in yellow and red more often. I was being a little bit more irritable at work. I started getting more cynical. Those are all leading indicators of like a high level of stress and, and, and things like that. And there's a lot of good things going on at the company and, and areas where I needed to be involved. And it really took my co-founders notice that Kona flagged something to them a couple of times and, and they noticed and, and brought it up to me saying, Hey Sid, I think you should take some time off. I think it'll be really good for you. And that allowed me to take a step back and hearing that feedback from other people, especially my co-founders who I trust made me 
realize, yeah, I, I think it's it's not that I'm burning out, but if I if I continue on this path, I'll get there. And I took some time off. I took three days off, had a really long weekend, went traveled with, with a couple of friends and feel so much better now that I'm back. I'm I'm as energized as before. Uh, I'm, I'm making much better decisions, especially in my role where it's not about just one-to-one -one work. It's about, it's it's very much mind work. And in the knowledge economy, that is the case for, for most roles. It's not just about like, you're not only working with your, with your hands and, and your body, you're working with your mind. Uh, and, and so we don't, as humans, understand the mind nearly well enough, but we do understand that, that it needs rest and it needs to, to take its, take itself off of things when it's been, when it's been running over time. And Kona helped us flag that. So rest is the, by far the most important thing. Time off, critical. We have a minimum time off policy at Kona where you have to take at least 15 days off per year and, and it's unlimited cap. So people take more than that. And we encourage everybody else to take time off and we keep each other accountable saying, hey, when's your next vacation booked? When, what are you doing to rest and, and to slow down? Uh, the other thing is is taking work off of each other's plates where, where it's possible to delegate or move things off to other people realize that not all tasks are created equal. Not all things need to be done by that specific person. Many things can be delegated. And that certain tasks are more energy draining than others. When I'm doing more of the admin tasks and the legal stuff and the contracts and the payroll stuff that I really should be delegating or passing off to somebody else, I find myself be getting more frustrated with, with the work that I'm doing as opposed to the higher leverage tasks that, for example, only I can do as CEO. So those are the other examples. Um, and sometimes it's just a matter of somebody saying that they care, somebody checking in and actually making sure that I'm doing okay. Just that in and of itself makes me feel better. And that's something we've heard from Kona customers all the time is just the fact that I'm being asked and somebody cares to know how I'm feeling every day makes me feel better. It makes me feel like this, all of this hard work that I'm putting in is worth it. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with rest is, you know, the the one thing is, especially at a startup, I think, I think taking time off sometimes doesn't work because you know that there's like, you know, there's work piling up, right? And so that rest doesn't really count because you're like, well, if I take five days off, I just know that when I come back, it's just going to be so much worse, right? And then, and then I'm not going to be able to like sleep as much because I have to wake up earlier, maybe like go to bed later because I have to like catch up on that work. And so that rest can be really tough to, to get. But also I think in the sort of um, media landscape and a lot of the articles that we're seeing, it's all about how, hey, we're trying to take remote work back, meaning, you know, that you have these companies that are trying to force employees to go back into the office. Uh, remote workers don't want to come across as they're lazy, right? So they may work longer. They don't want to take those vacation days because they want to show that they can get the work done. And in some ways, it's like going to come back to bite them later down the road because they're not taking that rest and they're constantly working. They're trying to prove themselves and burning out uh, in that way. And so I think that that's kind of like a, you know, I, I think it's like an interesting, it's an interesting point in terms of like, you may be forcing the exact thing that you don't want to happen to happen uh, in that way. I'm curious, you, we've talked a lot about using Kona within companies, but 
we're seeing more and more freelancers. We're seeing more and more fractional careers. Can Kona be something that's used by individuals or is it specifically for larger teams? Right now, the ideal team size, single single team that would use Kona is at least five to six people. And typically our customers are companies in the range of at least 100 to 1,000 people. So companies like Masterclass, Canva, Equinix, GoodRx, Aircall, Postscript, Help Scout, Buffer. These are companies that use Kona that are all 100 plus people at least. Eventually, we want to get to a point where freelancers can, and any, any single person can use Kona. But the way it's set up right now is that it's it's meant for a team. Gotcha. You say in the I'm um, this is a this is a business nerd question, but you say in the pricing that it's it's so you have a free version, which is actually great, which I, I can almost see that being like something where someone can throw into their own slack and just get that nudge every single day just to check in with themselves. But I see that the 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 first paid plan is ninety nine dollars a month per team. How do you define teams and like when does a team split? In Kona, a team is is a group of people that has a manager. So you can have mm-hmm. technically 100 people with the, within a team. The problem is because Kona check-ins are inherently currently by default public to the whole team. If you have 100 people on a team and there's one manager, no one's going to check in red. And so typically yeah. the average team size we see is reflective of the team that you're directly working with because you have at least a baseline relationship or an expectation of a relationship where you want to talk to these people about your feelings. And so our average team size that we see is five to seven people. Mm, Interesting. interesting. Well, Sid, uh, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. This has been uh, really interesting and I've I've loved learning uh, more about Kona, but let people know where can they learn more about Kona as a company and and what you're doing there? And also where can they connect with you and, and just kind of follow Kona as a brand? Yeah, you can, uh, the website for Kona is heykona.com. That's H-E-Y-K-O-N-A.com. We have a great blog on there. We have a newsletter with resources on mental health at work. We write a lot of content on the blog. And then also you can follow myself or my co-founders on LinkedIn. So if you search up Kona on LinkedIn, it should pop up. We're pretty active on there talking about relevant topics related to, to the workplace and relationships and mental health and culture at work. So you can search me up, Sid Pendia, Siddharth Pendia on LinkedIn. Uh, or just search up Kona and, and, and look at look at people there. So uh, I should pop up. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, man. This has been a ton of fun. Thanks, Mitko.